the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Welcome to another edition of the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast. This is Eric Larson, and I've got my research associate, Mr. Nolan Stapleton, here with me to uh, talk about corn production and management. I'm glad to be here, and let's talk a little bit about how hot this weather has turned. Yeah, Nolan, it's, uh, we've been in the cornfields a lot the last, well, all year, I guess, but certainly the last 10 days or so have been brutal, absolutely brutal, I guess, to be in cornfields and a lot hotter conditions than what we typically have in early June and, and during these early reproductive stages. And we know that obviously this is a big type of stress, and we know that corn is very sensitive to stress during these early reproductive stages. So our uh, topics today are, are not going to be very good, and the, and the outcome associated with what we've seen so far, particularly recently, is not very good. But certainly um, is something that we need to talk about and, and, and um, discuss how it's affecting corn plants and corn fields across the state of Mississippi. And early season, we saw really good growing conditions during the month of May, which usually lends to our higher yielding crops. Yeah, that, that's one of the most important um, historical climatic factors that affect particularly our irrigated corn yield potential. Um, obviously, high temperatures or the temperatures during the early reproductive stages is the most important um, historical factor that affects yields. And, and when we have high temperatures, particularly high nighttime temperatures, that is the main factor. It's certainly a big detriment and a drag to our corn yield potential. So we certainly got concerns about that for this year's crop, but we've certainly got a long way yet to go through our reproductive periods. And a lot of other things could come into play before the end of the season as well. So And when you say a high nighttime temperature, are you talking about temperatures above 65 degrees or are we above 70? Yeah. Um, I hate to even talk about that again because you know how hot it's been, um, and I don't know how, how closely other folks look at nighttime temperatures, but um, that is the, the variable that has more of an effect on corn than the daytime temperatures, and we'll get to that later, I guess. But the standard temperature, the average temperature that we normally have during a 30-plus day period after tasseling or after pollination during this early reproductive period that I look at very closely is about 70 degrees. So the, the standard is 70. We like to have temperatures during the early part of June less than 70 so that when temperatures increase during July into those low 70s and up pushing 75 degrees, then uh, we've got a little buffer that, that helps keep that average daily temperature around 70. But, you know, we've been running 75 degrees or better for the most part over the last 10 days. So that, that certainly is a, is a strong... Uh, factor that that may limit our seasonal yields this year in our corn crop. With these high temps, we're getting a few phone calls and questions on social media here and there. Um, How are these affecting the corn crop? Well, first off, let's talk about, you know, why the early reproductive stage or, you know, shortly following tasseling and pollination is is so important. Um, When a corn plant tassels, it's completed its vegetative development all its energy to that point has been allocated to the vegetation. When it switches to reproductive development, 
you would think that it would pull the energy out of that vegetation to those kernels and sustain them if it does have stress. The problem with that is that the kernels and the ear development are very small at that time period, so they have very poor ability to draw the energy from the vegetation during the early reproductive stages, which makes it very dependent upon the current photosynthetic rate and the lack of stress during those early reproductive stages in order to sustain high yield. So that's why we all know and, and have come to you know, understand that corn is, is very sensitive to stress during these early reproductive stages that we're at right now in the crop because it doesn't have the ability to draw all that energy that's stored in the stock to sustain kernel production. So, so that's going to suffer if, if we do have environmental conditions uh, such as high temperatures and drought stress that reduce the photosynthetic capability of the, of the corn plant and stress its, its energy production. And will pollination be affected at all due to these high temps? Well, we got to realize, I guess, um, what I call pollination and the technical term of pollination is the fertilization of, of each of the individual kernels on the ear. That occurs during a relatively concise period, right after tasseling and silking begin, normally within a five-day period. And it's extremely rare that environmental factors, whether it's heat stress like this or even rainfall, physical disturbance like we had last, last year, year, actually are having a significant negative effect on the pollination process. Um, it did have a much more significant effect on pollination last year when we had all the rainfall. You know, when it's raining six or seven days out of the week and raining, 12 to 15 inches during that time period for long hours during the week, that, that is certainly extraordinary events that, that could affect that pollination process. But when we're talking about stress, particularly heat stress and drought stress, that's more of a cumulative effect that is a lot longer than that initial pollination period. Another way to think about that is um, I've been in this position over 25 years now, and up until last year, I could count the number, well, even with last year including, I can basically count the number of severe pollination issues we've had in the state on my fingers. So it's very rare, I guess, that we literally have pollination issues relative to environmental stress. Usually there's some management component or, or mismanagement that contributes to a lack of synchrony between pollen shed and silk emergence that causes pollination issues or like last year where the soil saturation literally caused the flowers not to develop on tassels in some of the later planted corn in the state, which uh, was just a very rare physiological event for, for some of the extraordinarily late corn. Yield drag is something that we might see this year due to the high temperatures. Uh, could you go into that a little bit? Well, it, it's definitely going to be some yield drag associated with, with the high temperatures. What, what happens is the high temperatures, particularly the high nighttime temperatures, cause plant respiration rates to increase and, and the, the plants expend more energy sustaining themselves because there's stress, more stress and higher respiration demands because of the higher temperatures. Um, 
the plant can actually tolerate fairly high daytime temperatures fairly well as long as there's water to sustain it because it, it naturally goes through a process called transpiration, which basically is the air conditioning system of the plant, and that allows it to um, operate normally even despite having 100-plus degree temperatures. And another way to think about that is that um, some of the areas out in the, the western part of the Great Plains, western Kansas, the high plains of Texas and Oklahoma produce the highest-yielding corn consistently across large areas in the nation and across the world. They have temperatures exceeding 100 degrees during pollination, but the difference between them and what we often experience in Mississippi is that their nighttime temperatures are in the mid-60s or in the low 60s during the early reproductive stages compared to in Mississippi where it's up around 70 degrees. So that's a very important environmental factor which is, is conducive to high yields and the ability of that plant to operate at optimum capacity, you might say. So aside from temperatures, our irrigation scheduling at this point needs to be a little bit different than what we were using in the vegetative stages. Yeah, obviously water demand increases dramatically with, with crop growth stage, particularly during the, the early reproductive stages. We know we're going to have a lot higher water use and, and stress at this time period, particularly with the, with the high temperatures, is going to increase water demand. So, you know, compared to the different growth stages, obviously you have to change your irrigation scheduling expectations, but I wouldn't necessarily change my irrigation schedule just because of the, the high temperatures that we're seeing this year. I would, uh, you know, look at things like crop growth stage and particularly incorporate things like soil texture and, and the water holding capability of the soils and actually the infiltration capability of some of our soils that, that may limit the irrigation efficiency. Um, Particularly some of our, our sandier silt loam soils, they have problems with not only with water holding capability, but they can restrict irrigation infiltration with our predominant furrow irrigation systems pretty substantially. So the normal irrigation schedule on a silt, sandy silt loam soil needs to be much more frequent than what it would be for a mix to a heavy clay soil. And the normal guidelines, we've, we've kind of come to appreciate after using soil moisture sensors for years are, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of probably seven to ten, seven to nine or ten days would be common for sandier or silt loam soils, and ten to, you know, perhaps 13 or 14 days would be common for our mixed soils and our heavier clay soils that have better water holding capacity, plus they facilitate infiltration much deeper into the soil profile so you have more moisture and reserve in those soils as well. And does irrigating corn help cool the crop? Well, that's a common question that we get, and obviously the plants use moisture to facilitate that transpiration process, which does literally cool the plants or help them maintain a suitable temperature that's, that's optimal for the physiological processes and production of energy, but the soil being wet or running the irrigation system is not really affecting the temperature of those plants um, as long as there's sufficient moisture in the soil. So, you know, irrigating more frequently 
Obviously, you need to irrigate a little bit more frequently because water use may may increase relative to the temperatures, but the direct physical impact of irrigating is not going to have that dramatic effect or any effect on the actual plant internal temperature. And again, it's nighttime temperatures that are our main drag on the system that are um, expending more energy that otherwise could be used for, for good purposes on kernel development. And back to temperatures, will the high temperatures we've been experiencing accelerate maturity at all? Well, a little bit, but not much much as you might think. Um, the guidelines and the, and the calculation that you use for calculating growing degree days for corn tap out or tap out at, at 86 degrees Fahrenheit for a daily high. So when we have temperatures at 87 degrees, it doesn't matter whether it's 87 or it's 107, um, you use 86 in the formula. So it's not going to affect, the, the high daytime temperature is not going to accelerate maturity um, any more than normal. Um, now that high nighttime temperature is going to affect the calculation and we'll have some slightly higher growing degree day accumulation because of those high nighttime temperatures. But as a general rule, I had that question this morning, I guess, from a grower, and I would characterize it this way, that the temperatures that we have during April and May and the planting date have a lot bigger effect on when we harvest the corn and its actual maturity and, and progression through the, the, the crop growth stages than, than what we typically have during a June and July. Again, because that, that 86 degree maximum temperature for, for corn growth or optimum for corn growth um, is going to negate the effects of high temperatures during the day in terms of calculating growing degree days. And with this turn in the weather, what can we expect or see in the field even resulting from these adverse conditions? Well, obviously, I, I hate to, you know, be the Debbie Downer here, I guess, but we, we do expect to see lower corn yield potential associated with these extreme conditions, particularly if they persist through the, the month of June and, and into July. Hopefully, this is relatively short-term and we return to somewhat normal conditions. Um, but having temperatures... Um, Exceeding 75 degrees for an extended time period during this 30 to 40 day time period, which was historically I look at and are very critical, would be um, historic levels of, of drought and stress on the plant. So I don't know what kind of value to put on that. We can't really put a value yet because we're we're only a you know a portion of the way through the through the reproductive stages. But you know I certainly don't like where we're sitting right now. We can expect to see kernel abortion on the air tips this year, which we see some degree of it every year, but will it be a little bit worse this year? I would expect so. Um, the two main yield components or the two physical things that you might be able to see in the field are obviously more kernel abortion at the ear tips. And a lot of folks confuse that with pollination issues, which I kind of referred to earlier. Pollination is simply the fertilization of, of most of the kernels on the ear. That normally proceeds regardless of the growing conditions. When we have kernels that abort at the ear tip, that's because that plant doesn't have enough energy to sustain those kernels 
and it decides I've got the resources to produce, you know, X number of kernels, and it it aborts some of the kernels if it if its energy supply um, is insufficient to support all the plants that successfully or the kernels that successfully pollinated, and where it does that is up on the ear tip. So. Um, we're just getting to the point where some of our early planted corn has reached the milk stages where those kernels are, are visible and starting to become apparent um, whether we are going to have some kernel, kernel abortion or more kernel abortion than normal at the ear tip, but that certainly should be a lot more apparent by the, by the 1st of July or, you know, what we're looking at is, you know, at least probably a 25-day period after tasseling um, to carry us far enough into the milk stages to determine how many kernels are, are, are sustained on the plants and what our kernel number will be. In other words, kernel number is set on the corn plants during the first 20 days or so after pollination or after tasseling and silking. So, you know, a few more days than that and we'll start to see, you know, whether those kernels are, are going to be developing or whether they're aborted at that point. And not to bring up any more bad things, but with all that, we can really expect to see less seed weight when compared to a better weather year. Yeah, I mean, seed weight is something that is, is harder to tell from, a, you know, a pulling back the, the husk and looking at the ear sort of thing. Also, that is determined after the after the milk stage, for the most part, or during the last... 35 or 40 days as that ear is maturing is when the actual kernel weight or the seed weight is coming to play. And I'm not talking about test weight. That's a, that's a different variable. Um, it is a, is a volumetric measurement. I'm talking about how big the kernels actually get and how much weight is in those kernels. That's what's going to be a big determining factor on what your yield potential is. And that's the actual yield component that comprises your yield. You've got your number of ears in the field, you've got the number of kernels on that ear, and then you've got the seed weight on those kernels. So, um, you know, like I said, we've got a long ways to go. Most, some of our early planted corn is just reaching the milk stages or in early part of milk stage now. So hopefully this weather can break and we can get somewhat back to normal conditions and at least we can have some good uh, normal seed weights through through the rest of the growing season. But right now it's looking like um, our kernel number um, is certainly going to be affected somewhat by uh, this uh, early season heat stress. So with these adverse conditions, always feel free to call us with any further questions that you may have. Um, thank you for joining us. Please subscribe and follow the Mississippi Crop Situation blog. We will look forward to joining you again next time. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.